Welcome to another Azure-centric podcast on our show, the Azure Weekly News. Uh, thank you for watching this. If you are, if it's the first time that you are watching, we have a pretty good agenda today. Uh, it's been uh, not as busy week on Azure, uh, but it's a very good one and a lot of new excitement uh, on Azure infrastructure side of it especially on the government side of it. Uh, it's it's war we can say right now and so not spoil anyone. But yeah, uh, don't forget to subscribe um, our channel if you if you like us or if it's the first time. Uh, if you are seeing us from YouTube, don't forget to put on that ring bell to just get notifications when we release the video and you will be one of the first to see it. Uh, give us some love, some support, even if you don't like us, give us the love as well, or not love. Um, this is a very special week because it's a week that we have the Valentine's Day. Um, and we want you to share the love of Azure with all of you. Right, Andrew? It's the International Week of Celebrating exactly. Love. Absolutely. And we're here to share our love for all things Azure. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Um, and, and as you can see, we are recording this on a daylight. Yes, we are not m anymore night house. Now we are very <laughs> early birds. Uh, it's been a very, very tough week for us. So we decided to just skip your normal way and to record this on the next day when we are fresh. And when we want exactly. that excited about exactly. that. Yeah, it was a busy week. My so God, yeah. uh, not a big release week, but there's been a lot of things going on uh, kind of in the Azure world. And uh, Microsoft has a lot of different uh, kind of, what's the word I'm looking for? Different channels, I yeah. guess, going across. And everything is really uh, moving at a very fast pace for everybody right Absolutely. now. Absolutely. Um, yeah, it was good to move this into the daytime on the next day. Plus, it's really nice to see some sunshine in the background, so I like that. And it brights <laughs> you even more. It's like, oh, yeah, it's like, uh, although I, I'm on my, what's called the caveman, I'm on my basement, you are at you are <laughs> definitely not on your basement. Your office is not on, on your basement, but that's why my light is always the same, no matter if it's a very bright day or not. I only have a small window that I'm looking at side, but yeah. Um, but it is it is an awesome week, and it was a very tired one, I have to say, at least for all the things that you've been working. And that's the reason that you see some light, especially on the on the uh, Andrew's window. Um, <laughs> and that's the reason why. So let's jump into our first one. So our first update of this week is general availability for soft delete for Azure file shares is now on default for new storage accounts. So cool beans on this. Very nice right? yeah. update. Very nice. Yeah, picture. this is a good one. So th this one came out a little while ago. Yeah. Um, I want to say about a month, maybe two months ago. I, I vaguely remember it in our uh, in our history. And then now it is the default. So the soft delete on by default. Uh, really good because now we don't have to think about it. So if you provision uh, an Azure file share, uh, automatically you have 
uh, like what the seven seven days is it seven or fourteen? Seven days. Uh, seven days. Yeah, is the soft delete one, right? Yeah. And then um, that's just there by default, so it helps protect yeah. the organization and the data um, by default. So that, that's just a really good thing. You don't have to enable it; it's just there. Absolutely. And then, of course, you know, you want to layer whatever your organization needs for backups and uh, you know, globally redundant storage, things like that that you would choose with the storage account. Ab so absolutely. it's yet just another layer of protection, just automatically on. And the good thing about this is. If you that you are uh, a listen, uh, did you create this storage account after January 31st? It's automatic there, so that's the good news. Okay, mm -hmm. if you are not, uh, and if you have code, okay, uh, already uh, on the scripts that you are doing for creating all of that, that is a new switch. Okay. That is enable delete in this Azure CLI is enable delete retention that you need to put mm -hmm. as a true. Okay, that's the only add on that you have to put on Azure CLI. Um, and if you don't want, you guess what? It's setting off true, you just put false, right? But this is basically yeah. the recycle bin. As if you can say this on, on one word or one sentence, this is basically the recycle bin. Uh, of Azure for Azure file shares that you have. So it's seven days by default, of course, that you can increase. Um, but then you have to change by default. It's seven days. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, and so if you if you're using um, code to create infrastructure, your infrastructure is code, really. Um, there, you know, Microsoft is saying if you create it after January 31, you have to go in and set that to false if you don't want it there. Uh, because just to kind of that little heads up is you do see datas for uh, soft delete files. So if you set that to like 99 days or whatever the cap is, I haven't I haven't played with that one yet. It's brand new. Um, but, uh, it, you know, whatever the cap is, it, if you're retaining that, that can add up if you have a high turnover of files. Um, so just a, a heads up on extra data charges Absolutely. under soft delete for that. Yeah. But uh, I think it would be quite minor in most cases. No, no, absolutely. And, and, and that's, that's a very good point because um, you have to remember exactly that. Remember that storage on Azure is pay as you go. And on storage is the capacity. If you are increasing the retention, okay, uh, from the default is seven days, to more days so means that even if you delete for example a terabyte okay what will happen is you will have a terabyte for that retention period that you are paying and that could be something that you need to be aware of that so you are not having those kind of problems right um, and that's the problem oh, exactly. that and that's the thing that you want to to be careful with uh, with this retention so by default is seven days. I don't think that this will increase too much on your consumption, uh, but you can always um, look at, in this case, at your metrics, especially on, uh, on Azure costs, uh, and we will cover that in, in a few moments. Um, I'm already saying what we're going to talk in the future, but that's okay. <laughs> well, it is a frequent flyer here with it us, is, and it's it not is. unexpected, I think. Talking about frequent flyer, we were missing this for a few episodes That's already. Right. Azure Automation, our good friend of Azure Automation, was not getting so much love lately. And now 
guess who is coming back? Agile Automation That's is now great. available now in our friends a little bit in Japan West, a little bit far away from, from us. Now, was it, was it last week or the week before that it was in Japan East? I remember seeing uh, Azure Automation made it out. So I now can, in Japan West. If you can give me a few seconds, I might double oh, check you that. You take all the time in the world. We yeah. can always do a, a quick uh, a quick uh, time lapse too. But, no, I we mean, don't really do that over here. This is like pressing the record <laughs> button and hope yeah, for so the if best. this is your first time out to the show, uh, you will notice very much that as we stumble and mispronounce things all over the darn place, uh, <laughs> we just don't cut anything. We just leave it all in. <laughs> yeah. So it's more of just a conversation that we would have anyways. We just tend to record it and talk a little bit more focused about you so that uh, you can enjoy our, our beautiful Azure content. But uh, yeah, so in Japan, West Azure Automation, oh, really cool. Um, as you know, I'm a huge fan of automating and runbooks and functions. And uh, that reminds me, we should talk about runbooks. I know you and I had something uh, <laughs> on the books, as it were, um, uh, outside of the podcast. So we should uh, we should rethink about that one. Yeah, I think what you're missing <laughs> is one of the episodes that we talk about. It was Japan West, but it was regarding log analytics. Oh, maybe. Yeah, yeah. could do. Could yeah. do. It yeah. was log analytics. It was not the Azure automation. So apparently the oh, okay. JPEG... It's, it's, it's really cool though, right? Yeah. Because everything keeps just spreading through these regions. Absolutely. Uh, worldwide. And of course, you know, um, the Azure teams are just so busy trying to uh, keep pace and uh, with the continuous improvement, continuous deployment models that are in place for everything in the back end of Azure. Um, I think that it's really neat how we see things kind of spread across the whole planet yeah. with all of these features. So yet again, Japan West adding Azure automation, really, really good improvement. Uh, so orchestration is coming your way. Uh, yeah, uh, and all the, all the benefits that we've been always talking on this show uh, about the automation and all, all you can automate and uh, a lot of good things. Now it's available on Japan West and it's not in preview, so it's general availability right now on, on this fixture, right? Uh, and that's the cool part of it. Um, talking about moving on to another one, general availability. Now we can ingest up to 10 files and blobs with the new Azure uh, Data Explorer intuitive UX. So basically, they were improving our uh, user interface uh, to mm -hmm. just uh, ingest some blobs or files into our Azure Data Explorer. Um, it's on Wizard. It's uh, I did test this because I was demonstrating, for example, uh, some log analytics part of it, and I mm -hmm. I noticed this um, where I say, oh, this is new. And then again, uh, this is the benefits. What I love about, about our show is make us as aware of all of those small changes, right? And sometimes... Oh, absolutely. It's I think it's really cool because we, we actually get to pass this on to the clients that we yeah. deal with like almost right away. It's really, really fun. So it's like, you know what? This is a brand new feature. Just came out two days ago on Azure Updates blog. And boom, here it is right at the client. And uh, I have to tell you, people get excited when they know that they get to play with something yeah. brand new. 
And, and, and yeah, it's like it's like a new car smell. And I have to say that probably <laughs> I will have a few. Not not me. We will have a few more views this week because I did the Shabbos plug <laughs> for our show. That I will say I will cover this on our show. So next week, please go there and view it. <laughs> so we'll probably increase our views because of this. I was literally on a workshop and I was digging in this case into some of those snapshots that, for example, Azure Sentinel and, and the Microsoft Cloud App Security, they, they can have, right? Uh, not the continuous one, but the, but the snapshot. And I was saying, but then if you want to kind of use a, a particular time and you want to see it, you can always go on Azure.Explorer to just kind of going. And I went there and say, oh, you can even... You can even do blobs now. And he was saying, this is must be a new feature. So you know where I went, right? I went directly to this spot, to this update to say, wow, this is literal news, guys. I was doing like, I think it was on the 10th, the day, the day before, the day after this, they publish. And I say, wow, this is, this is new, guys. See, uh, we are using the brand new technology. And by the way, you should see our, our show, our podcast show, the weekly news, because we will cover this and I will, I, I cannot mention the so client, we, of course, but I will mention that I did use this on, on the client. Yeah. That's really cool. So we, we should maybe pause then and welcome our seventh listener. So thank you all six. <laughs> seventh listener, listener is awesome. And welcome to our seventh <laughs> And I'm sorry, you happened to take a sip of water at the same time, so I apologize. <laughs> yes, I almost had an online accident in this case. You got... <laughs> yes, uh, I think we are and a little bit over the seven. Marcos is a total audio-video nerd. So, uh, you know, for everybody out there uh, online, Marcos is very dedicated to really fine-tuning all of the beautiful things and qualities of the, these video podcasts. So I truly would have felt very guilty about that. Oh my God, I will spill <laughs> coffee in, in, in everything on the microphone, the camera, the new sound, whatever it is that I have, sound mixer, whatever it is. Well, to, to get everything to record, um, it, it does get a little claustrophobic sometimes when we do these kinds yeah. of things, right? Like that's the physical reality of it. But yes. um, it's actually really cool because, uh, you know, it's like the short term pain and long term gain, because for me, I really love being able to just uh, get together, chat about these new features and just share it. Absolutely. Enough said, we do have a few more updates to make it through. So I'm not going to get too sidetracked. I promise. <laughs> That's OK, Fred. <laughs> this one, this one, it's a very interesting one because. We were we were commenting before um, when we are we, when we were doing the agenda for for today's podcast um, mm -hmm. that we were using this but we never mentioned on our show. So yeah, we had yeah we saw this and we thought you know what we've never talked about Azure Mobile app. Yeah, and yet it's one of the really it's not really a secret but it's like a secret weapon, right? It's like a shoe phone for Maxwell Smart. And, you know, we can start a process in our home office. We can go and make a coffee. I'm sorry for my analogies. This is what happens when you get me in the daylight. <laughs> I, think, I think we should move our recording in this case to the day after, because apparently it's way more 
entertainment. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, it is the weekend of love. It is yes. a family in Alberta and uh, in many provinces across the country. Uh, so we get a long weekend uh, to spend time specifically with loved ones, friends and family. And uh, so anyways, yeah, I feel uh, like I'm on vacation three days in a row with <laughs> almost no work. It really is a vacation these days. Absolutely. So, that said, but we will start processes off. We'll be deploying infrastructure, doing the things in Azure. And then we can go make a coffee, sit down, pet the dog, talk to our family. We can use the mobile and check. We don't have to run back and forth, up and down stairs. And the difference for that is um, I remember I made uh, a little function. And you're going to remember this from a client we worked together with. Um, I made a little function to uh, detect uh, encryption files and then uh, automatically start shutting everything down like it was a kill switch. It was manual and it had to wait for me to come in and approve something on my Azure mobile app. So um, using some PowerShell and at the time we didn't have run books. So we did some crafty uh, stuff around the around the side there. But uh, I used PowerShell in Azure just to shut down all of the, the systems uh, at a whole company. And uh, I tested in small scale and it worked really good. And I'm so happy to report I never had to use it. Yeah. But uh, it's, it's the mobile app can become a very integrated part of what you're working with. Absolutely. And you can use it when you're out on the golf course um, and all of those things. I'm, yes, I'm optimistic we're going to open everything up and we can go golfing again. <laughs> Not that I go golfing. I'm a terrible golfer. But the mobile app can really serve as a powerful tool to supplement uh, the way that you do your work. Um, allows you to go in. You can uh, you can reboot a server uh, remotely very quickly from your mobile if that's needed. Uh, so as an administrator, it can really help save you time and it gives you flexibility to truly work anywhere. You don't have to have a PC for some of the things. You can do it through the mobile yeah, app. It's it's, really it's awesome. not, yeah, I have to say that it helps us a lot to extend. It's not the same thing that we have on our desktops, although it's very close because there are, I was it's expecting you to better. mention in this case, this, that is my favorite thing that they have on this mobile app, that is the cloud shell, to leverage the cloud shell. Mm -hmm. So a lot of times we have, and this is, and I, and I did blog this, a lot of times on my on on the Azure centric blog, so another shameless plug. Go there to just see it. Uh, it's been a while uh, that I did blog about this, but the importance of this app sometimes it's it's going to extend what you're doing. So right now, what I'm using is we have a lot of our scripts sometimes that we have even for not scripts for deployment or even for scripts for, for deployments or implementations, but usual scripts to get a little bit more notion on what is going on or if you need to troubleshoot something. When I, I'm outside, usually, and I've been, happened a lot of times, like you mentioned, a lot of times we are, uh, I don't know why, but it always happens usually during the night when we are having a nice supper with our beautiful wives, uh, right? Um, uh, by beautiful wives, I mean like I have my wife and Andrew have his wife. Not that I like I'm 
I have multiple well, I'm, wives. I'm confused here. So now you have you have how many wives? No, no, I only have one uh, because oh, I oh. know that my wife listened to this podcast, and I just want <laughs> to make sure that that is straight up on the internet. Okay. Um, well, I, I was just going to say. I mean, uh, she definitely keeps me in line. Uh, so uh, you know, I'm I know that she so keeps you in line. So does this mean that well. we have our eighth uh, visitor? <laughs> okay joke aside we, we cannot do this on the daytime because <laughs> we may have to cut yeah probably okay. we have to record this on the evening <laughs> because it's, it's too much fun uh, but i was using it, this it is, it, it's a lot of fun but you're you're right so the cloud shell um on the mobile is actually very awesome so we can uh, you know you can store your script uh, in you know a number of ways. Let's say it's in a storage account, yeah. and uh, you can access that through CLI directly, and then execute that script in your Azure subscription. Uh, and you can do this, of course, because you know we, uh, you know, as administrators, we tend to touch multiple subscriptions with multiple clients, and this is a really secure way to do it. So you can enforce PIN. You can enforce. Um, I know on the iPhone. You can enforce the uh, face authentication yeah. as well. Uh, so you have to unlock the phone. You have to unlock the app. You have to know uh, how to access everything within the app and get to the resources. It, I want to emphasize that because I think it's part of today's ecosystem is having really good security. And multi-factor authentication is a big part of that. Yeah. So And right um, now we, we didn't know, talk just, about, about, we talk about the app, but we didn't talk about this update. So now... This was for the general Azure. So now this app is going beyond and all of our friends at they are using the Azure government now supports their, their uh, Azure government as well because it's a totally separated Azure. Um, uh, the infrastructure are not the same. The regions are not the same. They are dedicated to, to government. Um, and is is where they can use or leverage this, right? So now it's good. And, and I have to say, to go back a, a, a little bit, that saved me a lot of times the trouble of finish able to finish the dinner to running something or stopping a service or restarting a service or, or starting a, a virtual machine or whatever was that you can do it through the app. I highly recommend if you don't have it, to download it it's free okay the app is free and it's not the same because you used you have to still you are limited on the functions that you are able to do it regarding a, a, on the portal as you can imagine right because uh, it's not the same but if you have scripts and if you are as well organized as Andrew that is the most IT organized person I ever met in entire my life um, uh, is it's awesome to have all of those scripts and all of that that you might need to on the literally on the palm of your hand, uh, depending. It's true. Depending yeah, on being it, on it your adds hand a layer of and how big is your iPhone or or phone, whatever, right? Well, that's true. Yeah, and I haven't tested it, but I'm sure it works on iPad as well. Give you a slightly larger screen, but uh, I think it. Good I think point. it's really good because. Um, you know, it allows us to extend, uh, you know, what we've been enjoying in our pay-as-you-go and partner tenants and things like that um, in regular Azure for commercial. 
um, now is available for Azure government. Um, that's just a really cool update yes. because now we're extending that flexibility to even more people and uh, especially people right now that, you know, with the work from home, I know government workers have been really stressed trying to uh, bridge all these gaps and, uh, you know, their resources are limited. So it's really good to give them as many flexible ways to work as we possibly can. So really well done. Awesome. Yeah. Moving to the next one. Versions no longer required for key vault reference in app service and Azure functions. So... This is, this is an amazing update. And the reason that mm -hmm. I like about this is um, usually if you have experience, uh, I use this in this case on Azure Functions um, quite a few times. Um, and on, on app services, uh, because I did deploy some app services in, in, in the past, I did use, but I, I'm using more of these on Azure Functions. So mm -hmm. when you update, and usually it's a good practice, to on your key vault to update the strings in this case for especially for uh, let's say the the storage account for example uh, to kind of uh, regenerate those strings and update on on key vaults you if you have an app service you have you were to mention the version okay in this case when you update this update what it does it is when you update the secret okay uh, automatically updates the version let's call it this way and you don't need to require anymore to go there so what does that mean means that in my opinion means very good for us because we don't need to change anymore those calls from those app services in azure functions because when you update the keys for example that i was mentioned uh, with um, storage accounts you are updating on azure key vault um, and the key vault anytime you call it you don't need to change anything back to the version that you are doing so now it's no version and you can update and automatically key vault will handle that cool i think it's pretty amazing yeah i think it's really good um you know really just is about not having to worry about the versioning uh, with the entry now, right? So uh, the versioning is just automatic and uh, it's, it's one step that makes it more efficient, makes it faster and easier. So, you know, we can make the code a little bit more generic uh, in that regard. And that means that it's going uh, to be a little bit less work uh, to get out. And, it, it, and it's not only that, if you see this, this allow us to improve and a lot of times, if you remember on one project we, we had together, a lot of times we were kind of uh, reducing the security, okay? Because of that, because every time you need to um, regenerate those keys, for example, um, you had mm -hmm. to go on the code on app service to say, now you need to do it that key that is new, that is version like two or version four or, or version whatever it is to update that. So now what we can do is this update what allow us is we can now raise the security, right? To another level that we can implement some of those automations for generating those keys. So get a little bit more um, frequent, the regeneration of the keys and then hence 
the security of the environment without going there and changing the code and changing the Azure function or changing the call because the call is going to be the same, right? And those keys is going to be uh, more, uh, it's going to be rotate more frequently. So we are increasing in this case, the security of the solution. That's the part that I just want to mention. And that's the part that I want to bring over here because um, this is what basically this update will do uh, a very small part of it, of course, on your environment, right? Absolutely, yeah. And it helps to increase security, like you said, with that uh, uh, just automated rotation of the keys can happen more often now. Then uh, that's never going to be a bad no, thing. No, never, never. And talks about security. Azure Databricks achieved the DoD Impact Level Five on the Microsoft Azure government. I did. Now, I I want to say I think this is the top tier um, uh, uh, DoD Level Five, right? Is the top tier, although it's not regarding Azure government. It's not the top of of the compliance okay so by compliance on azure uh, usually they call it in this case the compliance offering there is one specific that we're going to mention that is regarding to china but you have basically four okay you have the azure public cloud that you already have compliance there for different for different areas but then you have the azure government that is one then you have the Azure government for the DOD, okay? That is, this is the mm -hmm. inside of that, that is the top level. But then you have another one that we mentioned on this show, that is the Azure government secrets. That is the really yeah. the top one regarding security. So this is achieving, so this service is achieving the DOD impact level five, that is the top on the uh, Department of Defense, right? But, yeah, so that's really cool. So, oh, yeah. no, go ahead. Uh, the thing is, and, and you may ask, so what's the difference? The difference is, and now I have to look at my notes, is, for example, Azure government is available in three regions in the United States, okay? Uh, for all the US government agencies and their partners, okay? Uh, so this is basically for the government agency that we're talking about. And, uh, and and on this update, they will say what is, in this case, the DOD that they are using. And then you have the DOD that is only two regions. And then you have the secret that is another three regions exclusively for secrets for the federal. It's where, for example, the NSA, FBI and all of those top secret ones they will have, they are not using. The DOD is totally different. They have two exclusive regions for the Department of Defense. And then the 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 Azure government is where the all the other government, they will have another three regions. So just from the US government, they have, uh, if my math is, is, is good, they have eight exclusive regions uh, for them. Mm -hmm. Yep, that sounds right. That sounds yeah. right. 
Yeah, it's really cool, right? So I was I was taking a quick uh, read uh, towards the bottom of this article while you were explaining that, and uh, I just I thought it was really cool. So uh, kind of pulling it out of there, the federal, state, local government agencies, and then they list a number of them, not the least of which is the U.S. Department of Veterans Affairs, Department of Transportation, uh, Medicare and Medicaid Services, and then you know quite a few others. Um, they can now utilize Azure Databricks for critical data and AI needs where uh, the data is unclassified but still secure. Yeah. So uh, this is actually a very cool update uh, because now federal agencies and contractors can use Azure Databricks to process that sensitive unclassified data. So they can use the mission critical data uh, and it can be uh, national security classified data, uh, but they're now uh, allowed to use this in the cloud computing environment. So now they can take advantage of additional AI powers uh, within there. So um, that's really cool, especially when we think, you know, we talk a lot about medical data and, uh, you know, kind of the, the special compute powers of machine learning and AI when applied over medical data. So, it's learning things. It's, it allows things to happen faster. Testing of data models can be processed at scale with the cloud computing in Azure. So the, like there's, there's so many things that I can't even think of, uh, but this is a very, very big update. So it sounds like it's a small one and kind of hides away kind of like this classification of secured computing in here. Uh, but uh, it's it's very powerful. It's going to impact a lot of people. So there's a very positive outcome from this update. No, absolutely, and and just shows that that is one of the things that I like about working with Azure that they are constantly improving and, and getting compliant with all of that. And even if you look at the at the the posts in this case the, on this update, uh, they even have that's the part that I, and I was reading that this morning. Because the, the, the DOD, the Department of Defense, the U.S. Department of Defense, uh, the Computer Security Requirements Guide, it's, it's a nice document to see what is that they are trying to achieve regarding the security and why, in this case, um, it's a lot of compliance that they need to achieve. And again, this is not an infrastructure as a service. This is a past service, Azure Data Bricks, right? It's more like almost not a SaaS solution, but it's a past service. That is a service that is achieving this uh, on Azure government. And and by achieving this, the only difference that Azure government have with the Azure public cloud is they have these exclusive regions. So they are deployed uh, and, uh, and the, the geo in this case, redundancy is only between these regions, right? It doesn't have the part of going outside on what's called the customer cloud in this case or the customer public cloud um, that you have like the 60 plus one regions because all of those eight regions are not mentioned okay on those 60 plus regions uh on azure no no they're set they're they're, they're physically, they are separated. physically separated and that is um and that is really cool and they are totally different because a lot of times um, I didn't have an opportunity uh, to work on the Azure government yet 
but now with my security clearance, uh, I will I will able to do that. <laughs> so finally, that's an update. That's a, a Marcos Nogueira update. Now I'm so security Marcos clearance. Update, I have security clearance, so now I can talk about not talk. I can work on this Azure as well. Uh, that's for Canada, Canada yeah, DOD, by the way. Canada DOD, of, uh, but I, I have the security clearance now, so now I can work. Azure government, they will have one on Canada, I'm assuming, as well. I have to double-check that, but yes. So there is uh, not so much DOD Canada, but there is uh, certainly Azure government yeah. in Canada, and uh, I'm not sure how extensive it, is, uh, yeah. it breaks out, but I know. I know that there's some federal projects underway uh, in Canada, and that was public release data. So, uh, you know, use Bing, dig down, and you can find those and, uh, you know, have fun yeah. looking those if up. If you don't find in, in, in <laughs> that, thing, if yes. you don't find on that um, a search engine, you have a little bit the other one that they have some, some rings, color rings that you can probably use. Just kidding. Oh, the Olympic, the Olympic one. one. Yeah, the Olympic, the Olympic one. <laughs> Good way. Good way to put it. <laughs> Springy the Springfield Spring is their Olympic sponsor, I think, wasn't it? Is, is that... <laughs> now, are we going are we going now to the to the Simpsons? It's it's where we're going. <laughs> I can't help it's the sunshine. I'm solar powered. Yeah, you know I know, that. I know, I know. And talking about regions, another region. My yeah. god, US three US East three. It's like yeah, those guys. Amazing. Amazing! It's like US one, US, no uh, East US, East US two, yep. and now East, East US, US two, three, and now East US three. And yeah. and this is shows the things that I was I was always referring, and I think I I I um I have to create the kind of a, I think I, I mentioned that on my on my podcast. Uh, regarding uh, regions or if I not or subscriptions and and all that. if not I have to create one talking about the regions um, and talking mm. about vnetting and probably that because um, why another region you may ask uh, and the reason why is the thing is there are data centers as you know on Azure right and those data centers it's they call it a they call it zones okay so a region can have between at least one zone inside of that region and two up to three uh, zone up to three zones at least it's what has been so far what define a zone between a region is the latency between those at the centers okay so if the latency if for example it's it's less than five milliseconds then it's outside of that region. So now it's creating another region. And hence, in this case, the third region on East US. Okay. So you, we have a lot of data centers on East US because of the demand, right? Is the, is the part of the North American continent or the North American region um, that is way more populated, where more uh, people live and, and everything is, else. Yeah. So that hence going on the third region there, but because they have so many data centers on that read on that area, they are not in this case within that latency. So now they are creating another region, and this is show 
how keen and how fast and how particular the deployment or, or, or the implementation of the centers are in Azure and to just doing all of that. Uh, and that's a very good way. It's it's shame that, that we have another region because we can extend the difference of the region and the zones is with the region you cannot extrapolate the vignettes. For example, you have to create another vignette. Is it it's a kind of another mm -hmm. boundary inside of Azure. But it's good because now you can have you can replicate your workload across these three regions and you really need a very big catastrophe to just eat the East US and now you will have more lower in this case latency for those regions, right? For those at the center. Exactly. Yeah. It provides a better redundancy. We can distribute workloads. And you know, like you were saying with the availability zones, it a, a zone means usually within a region you have a different physical data center, right? Yeah. So uh, if you were, say, in U.S. East, uh, or let me say it the right way, sorry, East U.S. 2, uh, and you put, uh, let's say, um, you know, a, 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 a server in an availability zone, now you have that server in data center 1 in East U.S. 2 and in data center 2. Now, you don't see the data center difference. You just put it in an availability zone and understand that that's what it does. Now we have East US 3, so we can do that server in East US 2 and East US 3. Yeah. So now we're better redundancy, it's further apart. So more resiliency. And uh, again, you know, I think you're right. It shows how quickly these resources are growing, the Azure data centers, and how those, uh, those uh, resources within Azure are being consumed uh, a fast enough pace to build out yet a third region in the US. Uh, so they can't build any more data centers close enough to keep their uh, response time under five milliseconds. So they have to go outside that that space. Now they have to create another zone, but there's enough demand for them to build at that distance. Yeah. So they need that uh, physical data center space to be able to do that. And that's really cool because in Georgia, in Fulton and Douglas counties in Georgia. Uh, I think that that's absolutely awesome. I've been down there. I've spent a lot of time uh, down towards Atlanta and uh, it's actually a very, very cool area. They need those jobs. And especially in the modern economy, that's gonna be really good for those areas. There's a lot of development there, a lot of things happening in Southern US. And, and uh, that's that, gonna really help. I read another day that Atlanta is being starting to be a, 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 another point of presence for internet. Um, and that's where they are starting this development of this third region in East US as well. There is a lot of momentum happening on that area, on especially in Atlanta, uh, not because mm -hmm. of the US elections, nothing to do with that, but now talking about technology. No, no politics, politics involved over here. here. Uh, but it's technology wise there is a lot of momentum happening and that's really cool to see that uh the response of that is now they will have a region close uh to that and that's really cool to see it in this case on 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 azure that they are developing a massive in this case region there so it means that they will mm -hmm. have not only one they will have 
a few data centers on that region. So is that even better for for that part of the US, right? I think it's, if I'm not mistaken, it's a little sure. bit south, uh, right, uh, to that. So it will, it will probably grab uh, uh, Florida as well, uh, a little bit as well, uh, like Texas and, and, and all of that, allowing to, 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 to have lower latency to that. Although Texas, they have what's called the South. Uh, the south yes, one. there's U.S. South, yeah, right? Yeah, this is in Texas, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, I think I think so. But it, again, though, like you're absolutely spot on because it's about uh, the customer, the end customer, having the lowest latency options. So this is adding a low latency option for anybody really in that, that region, um, yeah. kind of southeast quadrant, uh, yeah. right? So it, it adds an extra redundancy um, into the whole mix. And that's, I mean, that's always a good it thing, is, right? So, um, you know, we, we love using availability zones whenever possible um, because it just, it adds that extra layer of redundancy. And it means that the apps, the systems stay up no matter what the physical problems are in a data center. And um, yeah, we should do a special podcast on like availability zones and, availability uh everything availability yeah. uh i think that would be a really cool kind of a specific topic because i know that there's a lot of confusion with many small businesses that don't have like architects on staff and uh there's always a lot of questions um when i'm going into the small medium clients about well you know we don't want this extra layer of cost but we're what we really want to see that third nine in 99.999 uptime. And that's the difference, right? So we, uh, I usually explain it, you know, uh, an availability set gives you two nines, availability zone can give you three nines and you have to combine them. You have to layer your protection. And we should, we really should break that out to a whole podcast as a full topic to cover it. I'm sure it would take a full hour all on its own. With jokes or without jokes? Oh, with the jokes, maybe two hours at, at least. Uh. <laughs> okay, joke aside, let's move to the next one. Azure Backup uh, for for our uh, our friend SAP Anna soft soft limit increase from two terabytes to eight terabytes. I just want to mm -hmm. pause over here. Yeah, that's a big it's increase. It's a big increase, right? but I just want to pause over here to just say, oh, that's a big increase. So, what is the impact of this? The impact of this is SAP ANA, it's a database for SAP, as you can imagine, that uh, is the biggest machines on Azure. And for example, there is one mentioned here that is the M, uh, the MV2 series that you have 12 terabytes of RAM. Um, and that's, that's one of the reasons that, that is uh, certified by S for SAP ANA, although to have a 12 terabytes and you have a soft limit of a two terabytes, it will take between 10 hours, approximately 10 to 14 hours or whatever it is, last time I checked it, to do a backup of this. So means that, uh -huh. okay, and this is the part that just to put on a different contest uh, 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 of, of this update, means that this update okay allows you to do backup during the evening okay on every single day 
if you require, instead of only doing backups on the weekend. Because usually mm. you don't have those 10 to 14 hours a day to do the backup of database. Exactly, yeah. And you've hit the nail on the head is that has been the bottleneck yeah. for the backups. Uh, because when you need 14, give or take hours uh, of availability, because we all know uh, the reality is that backups do impact your production environment and you have to be very careful with that. So yeah, it typically happens. It starts on like a Friday night or you know sometimes super early Saturday morning uh, and then it's going to run for however long it takes. Yeah. And that means that your restore point if you have a disaster is always one week ago, last weekend kind of a thing. And uh, if it takes 14 hours to back up, it's going to take at least 14 hours to restore. So that's kind of the, the catch, right? So this isn't just about saving and backup times. And uh, this is about optimizing restore time as well. So what's the, what's the target that we get this down to? If we we're at 14 hours yesterday, to today, now we're four at... Four to six. Because... That's amazing. It's amazing because they did... And the thing is, I think the title should should be changed on this because there is another item, in this case, update regarding this, that they improve, in this case, the data transfer. So now they can... They, they can... Means that now you can have 1.5 terabytes per hour on data transfer. So that's why that's you right. can have this on the, on the higher speed and you are improving the soft limit now uh, to eight terabytes. So it's really, really starting to leverage a daily backup that is probably recommended, right? Uh, to do this. So oh, it will improve your restore time, like you mentioned. And you improve your um, data loss as well if you anything happens regarding that. Because instead of a weekend or a week, uh, now you can do it this, for example. And and it's pretty exactly. cool what they are doing with all of this, especially for SAP Anna. And this is available uh, this week. So uh, please go there uh, for all the clients that they are listening this or all the listens that in this case, not the clients, all the listens, um, especially you that you have uh, these type of workloads. Um, just it's a, right. it's a very Listener good number eight, nine in this case, because seven, oh, oh, yes, seven right. was yes, my, my new yes, client. Eight Your beautiful is, wife is exactly. number eight. So now yeah. listen, number nine. <laughs> oh my goodness. Oh we're my growing. God, we're growing we so quickly this week. <laughs> <laughs> so, don't but you so you raise a good point here and I just want to kind of digress just for a moment because I want to talk about this with you now uh, we know uh, at least uh, two clients that are using availability sets and zones to take care of SAP backup loads uh, it's not a backup method but to achieve high availability and coverage and meet uh, RPOs they have to uh, come up with a different way in their architecture because they weren't able to back charge uh, uh, SAP HANA databases, right? So that's it, it, kind of a, it's their, the SAP database and it gets very big, right? Like we're talking multi terabytes um, optimistically here. So 
what this means, I think, is that in some cases, if you were using other workarounds for backups, such as availability sets, availability zones, and you were replicating data to allow for uptime if, say, one server has a problem or you have to reboot kind of thing. And uh, the backup challenge is now a different beast, right? So now we can do a backup and let's just call it six hours. So six hours instead of 14 hours, that's a big difference, right? So uh, now we can do a backup every night. Uh, you know, you started at uh, 10 p.m. It's available for 4 a.m. kind of an idea, right? And uh, that's a very positive thing, super positive. Um, what what does that? How does that play out for those customers that that we know are doing these kind of workarounds? Um, I think there's some optimization that can be reassessed with this now, right? Absolutely, it it allows them to be to be way more. Um way more secure and way more uh, 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 yeah way more secure in this case and way more reliable on this uh, on this tooling that they can have and it's not only that it uh, allows them to to be to doing um, another type of of, of uh, maintenance on the databases right exactly uh, and, right. and it's the way that you do it because again um, SAP ANA, uh, it's very powerful, uh, and the investment that you're doing on SAP environment is tremendous, and only be able mm -hmm. to doing this, and sometimes to uh, stretch some kind of thin layer of ten to fourteen hours, because even if you're going, even if you optimize, and if you have lower, and talking about usually talking about those big databases, right? Because having, and you're thinking, but 12 terabytes of RAM, it's huge. It really depends on mm. your SAP implementation, but that's only, a, um, we are putting here the worst case scenario. And that's the part that... Well, yeah, that's that's where we focus. That's where we live though, right? Yeah, but it, it's like, yeah, if you have smaller one, it will be that, that if you have a smaller VM and if you have a smaller SAP and a database, it means that you're going to improve even faster. Probably, if you have a smaller database, like a few terabytes, like say five or six terabytes uh, of SAP. Oh, it's like a three hour. It's like a two it's or like three hours. So you can even backup. do this. You can even start probably doing backup of the middle of the day. And now you have an incremental one, probably, or something like that, that or even a full backup that allows you to do it on, on, on during the day so now you're starting to get your bcdr your business continuity and disaster recovery plan mm -hmm. to a different level um where you can even less less in this case data that you will lose depending on when disaster recover occurs but it will change your plan in this case uh, tremendously we were talking about this huge probably like you mentioned one or two of our clients will have this uh, but other clients that or other listeners in this case you that you have SAP that is not those 12 terabytes of RAM in this case that you need but probably you are using like a two or four terabyte machine uh, on this soft limit and with this improvement of 1.5 terabytes of data that you can do it per hour 
If you have a machine that is like four, it takes two hours and something, two hours and a half, let's call it this way, right? Two hours and a half, it's doable to have during the lunchtime, for example. Um, probably if... Well, sure, anytime we can reduce that window to a half a day of data loss for recovery point it's is awesome. a huge win. It's a huge win. Right? And it, was, it just was not possible previously yeah. for uh, this workload. So, like, it is a big deal. And that's why I wanted to talk about it a little bit with you because... Um, you know, there's an opportunity here to reassess some infrastructure design. And now I'm not an SAP architect by any stretch. I can never keep track of how many certs you've done, but <laughs> I haven't done any SAP work. I, I have the uh, Azure for SAP, but it's only for implementing SAP on Azure. I'm not an SAP exactly. for, 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 I'm not an SAP architect because that's a totally different ballpark. Yeah, there's some special knowledge that uh, those folks have. Oh, and uh, again, so uh, hopefully, you know, this update's going to reach them. I'm sure it will. I'm sure they have alerting and things turned on. They're monitoring the Azure Centric podcast very closely. I'm, I'm absolutely positive. So <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> jokes aside, though, it's a, it's a very positive update. And a, there's a good opportunity to re-architect and reassess um, for uh, bigger SAP customers but also for smaller SAP customers, right? Yeah. So we can do some enhancements now. Completely. We can, can change in this case uh, in reducing their, their, their BCDR plan uh, of data of loss, of course, tremendously. Uh, and that's really, that's really good. Let's move on to the next one. Um, and now talking about Azure Cost Management. So public preview on Azure Cost Management plus billing cost allocation now available for uh, Azure government. Uh, and again, mm -hmm. this, is, this is huge. Uh, so now Azure government, uh, again, uh, I think it's a theme of this, this uh, show this week, is the Azure government get a lot of new and very neat updates. Uh, and this is a, 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 yeah. a, a, a main one, right? Although they are different it costs, it's totally different from, uh, from the public one. But now they can manage. It is to Azure commercial cost cloud. Yeah, commercial public cloud is way different than uh, Azure government. Yeah. Uh, Azure government much tighter security controls, and everything is much more. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Rigid, right? Yeah. So things are uh, put through to a higher uh, security standard, a higher certification standard, like we were talking earlier. Yeah, absolutely. And it's not only that. And yeah, so and and then you may ask. Why is only coming Azure cost management and billing uh, for cost allocation on Azure government right now? Again, like we mentioned on this show uh, a, a few a few minutes back, is like is it totally when we're talking about in this case the Azure government? I think on a on a, on the on the series not on the update regarding the DoD, it's a different implementation. It's totally different from Azure commercial that we have. It's the regions that they are totally and physically separated. Okay, even the backbone is different. It's not the same. They are not sharing anything uh, in this case. That's correct. Um, There's a physical separation. Completely. And that's the re that hence that that they, on they only have this. Again, it's public preview. So if you are listening and you are using the Azure governance, first of all, thank you very much for listening. And I'm sorry, but I will press my favorite button now. If you could subscribe to the channel, uh, 
I know it's a shameless plug, but I'm trying, I'm it's the first time I'm that I'm doing this right now. Okay, um, on this, on this, on this podcast, but it's something that is totally different. So now it's it's a different um, Azure cost management that you can do it on your region. And talking about Azure Absolutely. cost management uh, for government, Boom. again for government pay as you go. That's right. So this is a big deal because this was not available in the government stack for Azure. So they they were missing out, like these government folks listening to our podcast, they're saying, what are these crazy guys talking about? These darn Canucks always going on about cost management. Uh, what are they talking about? This is what we're talking about. It's a fantastic feature. So we can set budgets, uh, and this I do in my own uh, tenants as well. Not just I have two; I have a production and I have a test subscription because I believe in breaking things out and apart. And in my testing subscription, I can do things like preview features and things like that. And uh, in my prod, of course, that's where production workloads lie. Now, in government, we have uh, finally. Uh, cost management so we can set a budget you can set it to you know a thousand dollars a month or something and then you alert when it's at like uh, 850 so that you can uh, get in front of it before you hit your budget maximum so another really crit I cannot emphasize how critical cost management is in government workloads because they have very tight set budgets and it's not like in private industry where if we need to go from $1,000 to $1,005, that $5, our manager in private industry might say, okay, uh, just Andrew, don't do that again. Be more careful. In government, that $5 doesn't exist in the budget. It's only $1,000 if that's what it is set at. So they have to be very careful for those things and they have to set maximums. And they need to really be on top of it. And they've been having to do this the old-fashioned way, Marcos, in PowerShell and Excel. Now they have cost management to help them out and put some automation on top of that. Yeah. And this is this is the part that I like is is a part of for a pay-as-you-go subscriptions. So again, not all the subscriptions that you have available on Azure Commercial are available as well on Azure Government. Okay. Uh, they have as well the uh, pay-as-you-go inside of the Azure government, but this now is Azure cost management is available on those ones. And this That's is true. very keen for those because as you can imagine, pay-as-you-go, you can see what is going to be, for example, as you see in this case, and I apologize in advance for if you are listening. If you are listening, just uh, if you want to go back to the or go in this case to the YouTube channel uh, to seeing what we are uh, demonstrating on the screen uh, because you can see on what you are consuming now, what is going to be your cost at the end of the month. Mm -hmm. It's the predictive cost that is really very powerful using Absolutely. Azure AI in behind here. It's amazing. amazing. You are going to freaking love this. It's gonna change your life in the government tenants right Absolutely. now uh, and i really mean that and if you if you need some help with this uh you know i don't know about authorizations and all that but uh you know come and visit us at azure centric let us know uh we will absolutely do a call with you and walk you through cost management 
Um, I know I'll do it for free. I'll offer that right out of the gate. Um, I think that this is just an amazing thing for government subscriptions uh, to take advantage of because it's the prediction of cost and the alerting and setting of budgets. It's such a powerful tool. And you can take this back to your department heads and show a breakdown of cost about, hey, this server thought we were going to, you know, we thought this server was going to cost X, but it was like X plus four. Uh, so, you know, we need to change some things around. So it's so wonderful when you set those really tight budgets and you're doing POC work, which is really where uh, pay-as-you-go tenants are very powerful, Absolutely. right? So we often start, um, you know, small tests and transitions, POCs, I just kind of call them that, um, in the pay-as-you-go space, and then uh, can transition from there to something in, uh, kind of further down the maturity cycle for subscriptions. But uh, what an amazing thing. And I'm sorry, I know I get very excited about cost management, but uh, it's really it's such a powerful tool and uh, my offer stands, I really mean that. Um, if you're implementing or you're just getting this feature in your government pays you go, um, connect with us uh, on Twitter or whatever. And uh, I for sure will uh, donate my time and give you like a half hour run through on cost management and give you a big introduction on it. Um, 100%. Uh, it's really, it's such an awesome, awesome tool from Azure for our friends, uh, uh, hardworking friends in government tenants. And uh, I just want everybody to take advantage Absolutely. of cost management. And if you I, want, <laughs> that is a very, very cool tutorial on Azure Tracks, in this case, not Azure centric, Azure Tracks about cost management. And oh, yeah, I, 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 did do I, I do highly that. recommend <laughs> you going to Azure Tracks in this case and see that beautiful, uh, you probably will see a familiar face. That is, uh, sorry, uh, that guy over there, that guy over there, uh, yeah, uh, that is showing how you're doing. And you see how passion in this case is, is Andrew about talking about uh, cost management. So besides his donating. Yeah, that's right. So you can go for free to Azure Tracks and watch the video of me doing it, I guess. Okay, there you go. I totally forgot I did that already. Oh, my gosh. Oh my. I think uh, we are it's glad you know that what? we finished our, our because it's probably time to update it. Then, it right? is. It is. It's 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 the way that I'm glad that we finish our our podcast. But I don't know what you're gonna forget even more, right? So, <laughs> um, unfortunately, we end our show this week. I hope you like it. Uh, if you like it, don't forget to subscribe, uh, give thumbs up, gives any comments that you want. Uh, we highly appreciate that, as you can imagine, uh, we, we live about this. We will continue producing all of these conversations between me and, and Andrew that uh, we have just a few friends um, that they are listening. Uh, in this case, you are one of them. So thank you. And once more, we're up to nine. This yeah, is just we so are wonderful. growing like crazy. It's like, oh my God, skyrocketing! I, I'm gonna celebrate. I, I joke a little bit about that, but I mean, it's very flattering when yes. uh, somebody comes back and says, "Hey, you know, I, I heard this. Uh, you talking about this on the podcast with Marcos, and uh, you know, I really learned, or I went and I took that and I did it in my test subscription." And uh, that is so amazing to hear. So uh, honestly, if we reach just one person, I'm so thrilled about it. Um, I know my goals. You keep telling me I should set my goals much higher than one. But if nine. we can help we just one person, <laughs> then I think it's 
yeah, absolutely. So thank you so we much. We were at nine. Now we've come back down. I'm sorry. Yeah, that's okay. That's okay. Uh, thank you so much for for um, being here uh, with us uh, for another week. Um, and don't forget to to one one more time to support us by subscribing us um, and to give thumbs up and and comment and just get in touch with us. That's that's just share the love that we are sharing with you without any problem. And I hope you see you next week. So thank you and bye. <laughs>